Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. For this one, we're going to be talking a bit about rehousings. For anyone that watches any of my videos on YouTube, you know I do a lot of rehousings, and there's a reason for that. One of the things early on when I started doing the YouTube videos, I was trying to figure out a way to get good footage of the tarantulas, and I'm really not into the whole teasing them out for a photo shoot thing. I mean, A, you're disrupting the tarantula, you're giving stress to the tarantula where it doesn't need it, and B, you're setting yourself up for situations where you could possibly be, you know, have an escape or get bit. I mean, that's not what I'm into. My idea was to try to get pictures of them when it was convenient for not only me, but for the tarantula as well. So early on, we realized the best time for some of the species to get good shots of them was when we were actually doing rehousings, because at that point, you're already doing something that could potentially stress them out a bit, but you're also doing something that's, you know, there's a purpose to it. I'm not just teasing the tarantula out of its den or trying to shoot the tarantula out of its burrow so that I can get shots of it. We're already in the middle of a rehousing, and then I have Billy there with the camera to get some good close-ups, which is why we usually pause in the middle when I get in the catch cups and try to get some good pictures of them. Now, I understand completely that I don't get the best shots in the world, but that's fine by me. I mean, I think you get a general idea of what the tarantula looks like. Lately, what I've been trying to do with some of mine is when I catch them out and about, I have these this whole file called quote-unquote stock footage, which is basically where I catch one of my elusive species out and about. It might be early in the morning. Sometimes I'm doing it, I'm half asleep because I run up to the tea room first thing in the morning and I happen to catch somebody out when the lights go on. And I can get some good shots of them then. And then what we use is those kind of to supplement what we get during the rehousings. But again, the reason why lately I've been doing a lot of rehousing, you know, you'll see my videos will be rehousing in husbandry notes or rehousing in care notes or whatever. The idea behind it is while we've already got them out, let's get some footage here. And I also think that a lot of people, the most stressful part about keeping tarantulas for a lot of people are those rehousings, are the fact, you know, I talked to many people and I remember there's still some that I stress about that I'm like, oh man, I got to do this one. And I think for a lot of people, that's a very incredible, that that's a part where they want to see somebody do it and do it in a way that doesn't jack up the nerves beforehand. What I mean by that is you can go out and research, you know, rehousings. And a lot of times what you'll pull up is the debacle ones where the spider gets away, it's climbing up the walls, it's going under beds, it's on pillow, whatever it may be. And that does nothing to make somebody feel more comfortable about rehousing theirs. That shows you, you know, again, you should be aware of what can go wrong. And what I used to do back in the day is I would watch some of these videos and try to break down in my mind where it could have been safer or where they made a mistake or where they made an error in judgment that led to the spider getting jacked up and getting out that can be constructive but it can be difficult sometimes to watch a video where the spider's scuttling all around the table up somebody's arm up a wall and not get a little freaked out by it especially if you're already feeling apprehensive about rehousing one of yours so the idea of you know it's twofold of doing these husbandry slash rehousing videos a, as I just explained, we get pictures of the spider out and about, but B, you get to get the husbandry notes as hopefully you see a rather clean rehousing. Or in the case of the one we had last week, the Billy and I did with my Salmapius Ecclesiasticus, we have a situation where the rehousing didn't quite go as smoothly as mine normally do. However, it allowed finally an opportunity for me to go, all right, here's how to handle a situation like this. And so, again, I, I will continue to do the rehousing. There was a point where I started feeling, I, don't, I wouldn't go so far as say self-conscious about it, but I realized that the majority of my videos were rehousing videos. And I'm like, no, you know, I asked people at one point, do you want me to try, you know, cut the rehousing videos down? Because I was afraid people didn't like them. But the majority of folks out there were like, no, we like to see the whole thing. We don't want things cut. And so I continued. So some of them get a little long because I will take my time with it. I don't rush it. It's not playing up to the camera. I don't have to, you know, 
try to get things going really quickly to make it a, a, you know, a, a fast video that's not my cup of tea. It's not what I do. The idea is to show exactly what happens during that rehousing while giving some care notes so that people walk away and go, all right, I can handle that or that's what I can prepare for when I get mine and now they know how to take care of them. So what with the Ecclesiastics one we just had, it was awesome because not only did Billy and I have a good time doing it, poor Billy was about to have a heart attack, I think, at one point because, you know, she's up there with the camera looking through the viewfinder in the back of the phone and sometimes doesn't notice when they're coming out where I've got a better view because I can see everything around me. So she got spooked a couple times with it, which was kind of amusing, but was never in any danger. But I think what happened in this video is it finally allowed for a situation for us to point out a couple things about rehousings. And what's also come out is I've had a couple people contact me and go, hey, have you ever done kind of a tutorial for how you rehouse? Now, honestly, a lot of it is just experience. You cannot underplay experience. And there's, you know, two sides of that argument because I've had people, and rightly so, and I remember back in the day when I first started getting heavy in the hobby, they're like, well, you can't rehouse spiders unless you get, you know, well, unless you get a lot of experience. But then on the flip side, how do you get experienced if you don't rehouse spiders? So it's kind of that catch-22 where, yes, I do think experience plays a huge part in it. If you had watched, if we had been taping at the time I did my first rehousings, everybody would have laughed at me because even back then I was still kind of scared of tarantulas and spiders in general. Even the little the little slings freak me out more than the big ones, honestly, because they look like little house spiders. So I can remember like the first time getting the sling and it was my LP and trying to get it in and it didn't go right into the enclosure and I like had to drop everything and just walk away from it because I was so freaked out now it's like every once in a while and again I don't encourage this but every once in a while one will get out and just kind of get over the back of my hand or something and I just you know kind of gently shoo it into its enclosure I'm totally fine it doesn't bother me so we all start from a place where there's apprehension where there's in some cases we'll just call it fear it, fear of the spiders feel fear of escape I've had people that are keeping old worlds that go to rehouse for the first time and suddenly occurs to them I have a family I have one guy that it was I felt terrible for him because he had picked up some spiders and he had got his first old world. He waited quite a while and I believe it was an OBT and he said he went to rehouse the OBT and all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I, I realized my daughter, uh, the infant daughter that's sleeping in another room, what happens if this gets out? And it really kind of spooked him and got into his head. So I assured him we came up with a battle plan for it. It went well and uh, he did perfectly fine with the rehouse. But there are those moments where all of a sudden you realize oh boy, we're doing this. And if this thing gets out, this is these are some of the ramifications. So I had some people ask, have you ever done a tutorial? I, I don't think I had and I haven't done one in a while. And I think a lot of what I do, again, is just kind of, I've done it so many times. Sometimes we do, like the other day, I came home from work and I noticed a couple of slings needed to be rehoused and I just banged them out. Like we just did. It's not a big thing anymore. It's not like Back in the day, we'd be like, all right, let's prepare this. And Billy and I would be talking. And we do, before the videos, we do discuss, especially with some of the species that are, you know, the old world species or the more high-strung new worlds even, we do discuss beforehand, like as, before we're shooting, like, all right, here's the game plan. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what could happen. If this happens, what we're going to do. But it wasn't like the old days where there would be like three or four days beforehand of us discussing this rehousing. Maybe we could do this. Maybe I could cut out a piece of cardboard to keep it going this way. So I do get when people come to me and they're a little freaked out about rehousings. I've had people say before that, you know, all right, you know, if you're that worried about a rehousing, you shouldn't be keeping that tarantula. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Again, it's that experience factor. I think with experience comes that calmness, comes that ability to kind of be able to step back when something doesn't go particularly as planned and, you know, reconfigure your, your plan, your game plan for doing it. I think that does come with experience, but I think until you get some of that experience under your belt, there's always going to be a little apprehension. There's always going to be, you know, people getting into the hobby, scared of spiders, there's going to be some fear. So I know I've always said, 
and I, I stand by this, that you never want to be scared of your tarantula. And I do think that's an important thing to consider. That's when I tell people that they're considering getting into old worlds. If you're having nightmares before you even get one that one got out in your house, hold off. That means that you're too jacked up about it. I do think you can't be scared of it, but there's going to be apprehension. There's going to be, you know, there can be a little bit of fear there. I think early on there is going to be with everybody, not so much a fear of the spider. Uh, I should make that clear. I mean, again, if you're arachnophobic, there's going to be a little bit of fear of the spider, but I'm, I'm talking more about the fear of what happens if something goes wrong, a fear of approaching, you know, you're rehousing these animals for the first time or this animal for the first time. You know what it's capable of. You know what could happen if it gets out in your home. And so there's some fear there that you're going to mess up. That kind of fear, I think a lot of people starting the hobby have a fear around what happens if I mess this up? What happens if it gets out? What happens if it gets on me? What happens if it, you know, I lose it in the house. So that's understandable, but you need to keep that to a bare minimum. If it's one of those deals, and again, this is what I say with the old worlds, if it's a paralyzing fear, it's a, if it's the type of fear that's going to keep you up at night knowing these guys are in your house and that you have a rehousing coming up, then you're not ready for that type of spider yet. You don't want to go in a situation where you're all jacked up and fearful because, again, that leads to mistakes. I've been there. I've been, again, when I first, even with just the New World species, there was there was some fear there for me, and I made some mistakes early on. Luckily, nothing terrible happened, but very early on in the hobby, just... Didn't do what I needed dropping paintbrushes where I could have accidentally dropped it on a spider because I got freaked out. Not a good situation at all. So I do think it's one of, again, a catch-22 where you need the experience to feel comfortable, but you, you know... With that experience, to get that experience, you actually have to rehouse and do it, which means you're going to be doing it when you're kind of jacked up. So it's a difficult situation. But there are some tips, and I had to sit down and kind of think of some things to kind of what would the ideal rehousing look like? What planning should you do? What materials? What things you should should you have ahead of time and try to, you know, I went through a couple of my videos and tried to break down things that I do now that kind of just goes, it's it's natural. It's not like, again, there isn't as much planning as there was back in the day because we've done this so many times before that we kind of intuitively know this is what we're going to do. Like beforehand, you know, I can think of, I think it was my Salmopius Armenia back in the, a while ago we had to rehouse her and I was coming up with all these cardboard things and I'm like, man, I've heard these things are crazy. I want to make sure it doesn't get out. And this is back when we were doing it on my dining room table. So I came up with all, we were like going back and forth like a week of different ideas. And finally, I forget what we ended up doing, but she got out and it went fine. So for this episode, we're going to talk a bit about some things you should think about ahead of time. And again, not everybody's situation is the same. Not everybody is able to, you know, have a dedicated room for tarantulas or have a, you know, a, a spot free from clutter. We'll get into some of these things, but and anybody that's seen my videos knows there was some clutter on my table with those old videos, but we'll talk about how that could almost be advantageous. So anyway, right off the bat, tools of the trade. I am somebody who swears by the catch cup. There are folks out there that don't use them, totally good, but obviously everything I'm going to be talking about from this point on involves the catch cup technique for tarantulas. I think it is by far, it, I shouldn't say, for me, it's by far the safest and most reliable way to get a spider from point A to point B. A, the cup, the cup allows you to completely contain the spider while you are moving it. So there's no chance of it getting out. You put the spider, the cup over the spider, you slide a piece of cardboard underneath, you move it over to the other enclosure. Works out beautifully. B, it helps calm them down. As I've explained before, the, the spiders, the hairs on the spiders are a huge sensory organ. 
So when you have the spider, when you open up an enclosure, the air pressure changes in there. They immediately detect that. So, kind of like when you're in a room and somebody opens a door and you feel that draft. Now imagine that like times a thousand. Like they feel those little pressure changes, those air current changes very, very well. And so as soon as you open an enclosure and take out something's high, they feel exposed. Now you put a cup over top of them. That cuts down on that airflow. I've seen many of them do the thing where you put the cup over them, they scramble for a quick second because you've just startled them, you've dropped a cup over top of them, and then immediately calm down because you're like, hey, wait a minute, the air, the air's died down. We're, we're feeling okay. But they feel like they are covered they feel like they are safe and secure which allows you to make that transfer safely so everything we're going to talk about here involves catch cups if you have another way of doing it that works for you awesome again i'm not here to convince people to do it my way i'm here to present how i do it and i have to say i've had a lot of success with it so it's with my experience this is my experience but if anybody out there has a different way of doing it feel free to continue with whatever works for you i'm always for that as far as the hobby is concerned so as far as catch cups back in the day i used to have one catch cup it was kind of a one-size-fits-all and it became apparent very early on that there are situations that dictate you might need a different type of catch cup so what i usually encourage people to do is have many sizes and shapes available i don't know if this i'll have to show this in one of my videos maybe we'll do a companion piece to this where we talk about that you know quote unquote the art of rehousing but i have many different sizes. i have long rectangular ones i have the one that's i think a lemonade container or something it's a bottle with a big cap a big hole in the cap in the top but it's square so that allows me to get into corners i have round ones i even have one that's round that i affixed a stick to so you have pictured the letter p it's the stick would be obviously the stem of the letter P and the, the part that bulges out on the P would be the catch cup. And what that allowed me to do is in some of those enclosures like the Exoterras where it's there's not a lot of room where I want to stick my hand inside the enclosure with a catch cup. You can stick this inside, get the tarantula against the side of the glass without having to put your hand actually in there with it. It's worked off the, again, this is one of these ones where if I have a video version, it'll make more sense. But we've done a lot of experimenting over the years with different types and shapes and sizes. So now I have a go-to. So that would be something I would encourage, you know, for the small slings, have something small. Have obviously a smaller piece of cardboard around for the smaller ones and a bigger piece of cardboard for the bigger ones. You, If you've watched my videos before, every once in a while you hear me say, uh-oh, we forgot the cardboard. Having that cardboard nearby is very important because that's what you use to trap them in there and make sure that they can't get out. It, it, so cardboard catch cups always have those ready to go and have laying what I like to do is if I'm doing it on a table I have my catch cups laying around kind of on their sides because again should a tarantula bolt those are potential potential places where the tarantula could bolt to and hide and we'll talk about about that a little more in a moment now as far as other tools you should have Always have a set or two. I, I I have like three or four pair, and I usually encourage most folks to have a couple pair just in case you drop one or you know one drops in the enclosure. A couple pair of tongs. Those are very important for being able to obviously manipulate things and keeping your hands out of the way. So always make sure that you have tongs available. And then for folks, one trick that I've used a couple times before, and I think I've, I can't remember which video it is, but having a spray bottle can sometimes help. And one of the things you can do with a spray bottle, and again, this is kind of an advanced technique because if you, if you do it 
wrong. You could have the spider running all over the place, but when a spider gets to a place in its enclosure that's difficult for you to get to, you can use the spray bottle with a stream. And again, you have to be very careful and kind of shoot behind the spider. This isn't something you don't want to shoot the spider itself. You want to be careful when you do it that you're hitting the substrate behind it because what happens is it'll usually move away from that and you can kind of use it to steer the spider into a more open area so that you can cup it. So that's something you might have on hand as well. Uh, also, other cardboard pieces, if you're going to be taking working with an enclosure with, say, a sliding top, you're not going to be able to slide that top back on quickly if something should go wrong. So having a large piece of cardboard that you can place over the enclosure should something go wrong, you need to cover it quickly is a good idea as well. We usually have one sitting on by, you know, off camera. So that God forbid, Sam, using one of the Exoterra Nanos, it can be kind of difficult to quickly get one of those caps down. You take a piece of cardboard, you put it right over top, stack something over top of it, take a deep breath, walk away for a bit and allow the spider to calm down. So that would be another thing that I would have on hand. But the tools of trade, there's not too much you need for a successful rehousing. If you've watched my videos, you see we work with very little and a lot of this stuff is found stuff that you can get around the house, whether it be bottles or I have one for the really large spiders. I've used it for my Theraphosa species before. It's a Tupperware container that's about eh, seven and a half inches long by six inches by maybe four and a half, five inches deep. It's rectangular and that one's really good for getting the larger spiders. I believe I might have also used it for my LP, my large female LP a while back. So having a lot of different, have a little kit. And what I do now is I'm fortunate that I have the cart in my, the middle of my tarantula room that I keep all my stuff in and I have a bin underneath it that I keep all of my rehousing stuff in. Granted, the tongs are usually up there because I'm using them for feeding or whatnot, but I have extra pairs of tongs things of that nature. Oh how, my gosh, we almost forgot one here. Also, a paintbrush or some type of stick to steer the spider. I use paintbrushes because I like their multi-purpose tools. You can use the brushes to clear away dirt. You can use the, you know, they're soft so you don't have to be quite so careful when trying to prod the spider where it needs to go. Or if you need to, you can flip it around and use the other end and move the spider. Some people use the shish, shish kebab sticks, the sticks that you use to put meat on. Just make sure if it's got that sharp point, do not use the side with the sharp point or even better, clip it and sand it so it's a little more round. People use straws. People use pipe cleaners. Again, with the pipe cleaners, be careful because they look all fuzzy, but there's that little sharp end that could damage a spider. Whatever you use to steer the spiders and having a, you know, a selection of those is a good idea. Idea. Sometimes you'll see in my videos, I get caught in a situation where if I had a pipe cleaner or something that could bend around a corner, it'd be a little easier. Making sure you have those on hand and ready to go when it's time to rehouse. So catch cups, lodge catch cups, put the holes in the catch cups. I'll give you a little hint, you know, that don't just use a regular cup with the holes in it. Always take, I use a soldering iron and burn holes in You want to make sure that when you burn the holes in, that if you're doing a sling enclosure, obviously you can't have as big a holes in it. Or some points when you're doing really tiny slings, you have to use one that doesn't have holes at all because they can go right out the holes. But for larger spiders, you want a hole in there large enough that you can get your your steering tool, for lack of a better term, your paintbrush, your pipe cleaner, your stick, whatever it is you're using in there to be able to prod the spider out and just strategically put a lot of holes around it. Some on the tops, some around the sides, higher, lower, so that you have many access points to get the brush in there and get the spider out. And then the trick is just, you know, try not to get your hands or your fingers over those holes, although I've yet to see a spider put its fangs out of those holes. That's something a lot of people look at my videos and go, oh my gosh, you got so close to getting bitten. Now they usually just, they're inside those. They're not trying to bite something outside of it. But 
obviously be careful, keep your fingers away from the holes just in case. So you have all your stuff. Now you need a place to do it. And this is where it can be tricky because I know, I mean, obviously if anybody's watched my older videos, we did the majority of rehousings in my dining room and on the table and our dining room table was like, ground zero for everybody's activity in the house. Billy's computer's there. You know, that's where I would do work. The kids would do their homework there. There was plant on the table. There was always stuff on the table. I used to get gripes sometimes from other YouTubers for the fact that my table table was covered with stuff. But here's something to think about. The idea is you want a place. So say you're doing a table. You want a table that you can move around. That's very important. Being able to get around to different angles is important. Personally, I like to be able to know that I can move around the table if the spider should go a different direction. Now, if you can take a table and put it right next to a flat wall, that would work as well. But be careful with that because, again, when spiders go, they hit that wall. If they start going up the wall, generally speaking, they're not going to stop until they hit that crack in the ceiling and then where the wall meets the ceiling. And then you're going to be catching a spider on the ceiling, which nobody wants to do. So I personally like to have a table that is, you know, a wave so I can move all the way around the table quickly if I need to. Now, as far as clutter on the table, here are some things to think about. Again, I used to get a hard time about this, but a lot of that was strategic because if a spider bolts, it's generally going to go until it feels safe. So if it's an open area, if you're on a completely flat table and a spider gets out, it's generally going to bolt till it hits the edge of the table. Then it may slow down, kind of feel around where it's going, or it could start circling the table, wherein if there's stuff on the table, the good news is the spider can hide under those stuff and that stuff, and it's going to stop for a bit and then you can catch it. So I would not have things on the table that a spider could get caught in. For example, if I'm doing slings, I've seen this before where people have computers or keyboards on the table and the spiders end up going into the spaces underneath the keyboards, which is a nightmare, or they get into a vent on a computer, a nightmare. You don't want something that the spider can get into and get trapped in. You can't get it out of, but having some stuff on there, we used to strategically put towels, paper towels would have, you know, the plant there was always there and usually close by because they could climb right up and get in the plant. Having stuff there that will provide cover is great just as long as it isn't something they can get stuck in. So don't get confused by that. I wouldn't, honestly, a completely open table kind of freaks me out a bit only because I see all, if there's some stuff on the other end of the table from where I'm doing the rehousing, those are places that could potentially slow down a fleeing spider. Now, one thing I would caution again uh, against, and that is doing it in a place where there are where if the spider gets off of the table, there are a lot of nooks and crannies it can get into. So, for example, if you have a room with a bunch of shelving, where things where it can get behind books or whatnot, that could be a bit of a problem. Be careful doing it in rooms with heaters, baseboard heaters, because they can get up in the heaters. They can go down the holes where the pipes run through. There are places there where they can get trapped. You don't want a situation where you're in, you know, your living room table taking apart your whole baseboard heater, trying to find that OBT that just got off. That's not a good situation at all. Make sure if you're doing, if you have a table, even if you have to move the table, and that's another thing, be prepared for those instances where, you know what, the table where it usually is works great for the family, but for this instance, we're going to do a rehousing. We're going to drag it out to the middle of the room a little bit. We're going to take some of the chairs, dining room chairs. We're going to pull them out of the way. We're going to drag the table out. So we've got, you know, 360 degree access to it, nothing around it that it can get into. But be careful. Whatever you do, don't do it on your bed. I see the bed ones. Those freak me out. A, hairs. Think about the hairs. I saw one 
a while back where the spider was on the pillow and it clear as day kicked hairs and they ended up putting it back in the thing and nobody acknowledged the fact that they had just kicked hairs all over that person's pillow. Bed's not a good place for it. It can end up behind the bed, under the bed, in the covers. That's not a good situation for anybody. And also, please understand that I get that not everybody has an ideal situation for this. We didn't have an ideal situation for this before we moved here. The dining room was making do with what we had. The tarantula room was much too small for me to safely. And that's why people have asked before, why don't you do the rehousings in there? That If a tarantula bolted in there, that would be an absolute nightmare because of all the places the spider could hide. We had baseboard heaters. We had tarantulas stacked all over the walls. We had contained... There was just that would be a situation where if a spider got lost in there, I'd be in trouble. Like I would not, I would have a very difficult time finding it. So figure out a good spot to rehouse if you're going to do it on a table. The other thing people like to do, I was never, this isn't my thing, but it works for a lot of people. So I please get, I have people that go, well, why don't you do it this way? And what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with this using the bathtub. For me, it's just, I don't like kneeling. I like being able to move. I don't like, I have a hard time kneeling for long periods of time and I don't like being bent over. I like again, it's it's the mobility issue for me. I like to feel like I'm on my toes and can move around. However, we've tried a couple in the in the bathtub before. It just wasn't my thing, but for a lot of people, it works great. If you're doing it in a bathtub, a couple things right off the bat. Number one, clean your tub. Not saying your tub's dirty, but as far as chemicals and stuff, you don't want a situation where there's soaps and residue and you know somebody cleaned it with something. Clean it completely, hot water, scrub it all down. Make sure there's no residue or any soap or anything. You don't want that getting on the tarantula. Block the drain. Number two, do not leave an open drain. I watched a video a while back where somebody, it was, he had to put his hand over the drain as a spider bolted. It was a very, a, a, a very exciting video, but make sure you block the drain. I would encourage people to, if you have one of those shower curtain rods that you can take off or you can move the shower curtain, get the shower curtain out of the way. A, a it's going to get in your way. B, that's a spot where the spider, I mean, if you're using the bathtub, it's because you can see where the spider's going. It's easy to wrangle them up. If you have a curtain, they can get up in the the wrinkles of the curtain and hide in there. You don't want that. Make sure you stuff something under the door so they can't get under the door. Make sure the toilet's covered that they can't get in the toilet under the seat and the crack in there. Again, just like with anything else, make sure that everything is secure before you go to rehouse it. And that theory, that uh, myth that they have out there that spiders can't climb a bathtub. Again, it's a myth. They can absolutely climb the size of the bathtub. No problem. There's plenty of videos out there where people have learned this the hard way. One trick to slow them down a bit, it won't stop them completely, is to before you start the rehousing, take the the uh, spray bottle or even just your shower head and mist the side of the enclosure, wet down the side of the enclosure, wet down the side of the tub and the shower. That does slow them down a bit. And then when it comes time to rehouse, obviously you just have all the tools we mentioned earlier already, your catch cups, your paintbrushes, your tongs, whatever you need so that you're fully prepared for it. But again, bathtub, a great place to do it. A lot of people use the bathtub. Again, just not my thing. But be sure you have a situation where the tub's clean, you've blocked the drain, you've you've closed off any areas behind sinks, under sinks, drain of the sink. Make sure all those are done before you rehouse. Now, we're getting ready to do the rehousing. couple tips to think about. 
Number one, every once in a while, you'll go in there, you'll have a tarantula, you have to rehouse it, you don't see all that often, and it's right out in the open. If you can, I've used those opportunities before to have a really quick and easy rehousing. There's some that I know that are out first thing in the morning all the time. I've had some that I've taken pictures of first thing in the morning, they just sat there. That's an awesome opportunity to get a spider rehoused easily without a bunch of you know mess or having to dig it out or whatever. So recognize when those opportunities present themselves. If you have one that you know you have to rehouse, have the enclosure and you know it's out every once in a while, have the enclosure that you're going to put it in ready to go. Have things set up. And then if you catch it out, sometimes you just go up and cup them before they even realize what's going on and get them into the new enclosure. Real easy way to do it. Now, for just regular rehousings, one thing you want to try to do off the bat, sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't, you kind of have to play it by feel. But if you know you're going to try to cup the tarantula, having a surface to cup it on, for example, on the bottom of the enclosure, the substrate, if you have a water dish and a plant and a hide, those things kind of make it so it's tough to get the catch cup down to the bottom. Because ideally, you want a flat surface that the spider's on, you put the cup over top of it, you slide the cardboard underneath, you move it to the new enclosure. That can be difficult in enclosures that offer less floor space, less surface area as far as the floor goes, that have a lot of decorations, water dishes, and such in it. So one trick is to remove those things ahead of time. Sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't. Another thing to think about is if you know you have a rehousing coming, so you're going to do it the next day, pulling them out the night before can help. So for example, what I've done before is taken the enclosure out on the table, I've removed the plant and I removed the water dish right off the bat. You know, it's only going to be for a couple hours. And then the next day when I have to do the rehousing, I just have to come in there and remove the hide. I wouldn't recommend so much if the tarantula is using the hide leave the hide in there until you actually go to do the rehousing. However, if the tarantula is not using the hide, I'm looking at my Formictopus species that never use their hides, it's always a good idea to pull those out ahead of time. So sometimes pulling them out the night before, the tarantula, you're in there diddling around in its enclosure, pulling the stuff out the night before allows it to settle down when you go to do the actual rehousing. It can make for an incredibly easy rehousing because now you have nothing marring up that surface area of the, the bottom of the enclosure. You just drop the cup over it, move the spider. Another tip for folks that have family members living with them or friends that some, I know some people have friends that come over and help, having a spotter with you at all times does wonders. I know Billy obviously is responsible for filming everything, but as we've said before, the rule of thumb is her most important role she plays in these rehousings is a second set of eyes and, if necessary, a second set of hands. We've only had one situation where she's actually had to put down the camera to help out. It wasn't a big deal, but it was like, all right, we can continue filming or I can have an extra set of hands here. I need the set of hands. But she's also there to watch what's going on. She can tell me where the spider is. Sometimes you'll see in my videos, I'm digging something out. I can't see it. She can tell me where it is, what direction it's pointing. So having somebody there, even if it's, you know, and I know some people are like, well, I don't want people around too close when they're doing it. They don't have to be too close. You can have them far enough away that they can just kind of see what's going on, see where the spider's going. Sometimes it's just a matter of going, hey, the spider's pointed up, you know, heads up. Sometimes it's great to have somebody there where if the spider bolts and you're not sure where it went, they can go, hey, it's on the table underneath that paper towel you have over there or whatever. But having a second set of eyes is incredibly important. Having a second set of hands is even better, but I do get that not everybody has, you know, friends or family that want to get that close to the tarantulas during rehousing. And in some cases, you may be doing an old world species where you don't want to, you know, put anybody in any risk for it because unfortunately people 
having somebody spot and help out that has no fear of tarantulas can be a little dangerous only because they may not immediately recognize you don't want your hands anywhere near them. You, you want to make sure if you have somebody, you know, oh, I have no fear of them whatsoever. I'll pick up and grab it. You don't want that situation. You want the person to know, listen, no hands. I don't need your hands in there. You need to stay away from it. You need to stay safe. Make sure they recognize that, you know, again, you don't want them scared of the spider, but they need to know what the spider can do so you don't have a situation where the spider goes to the bolt and they reach out to grab it with their hands or something like that. But having a spotter, I think, is crucial. I talk to a lot of people now that have somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day whose daughter actually watches them and will tell them when it gets out, which I thought was adorable. Back in the day when I do rehousings, I'd have a couple of my kids sitting at different ends of the dining room that would be able to tell just in case something got out. It was never a big deal. We never really had a need for it, but they were there just in case. So having somebody be able to watch and let you know what's going on is huge. Now, as far as another tip, and an ideal perfect rehousing, most people when they imagine a perfect rehousing, it's the spider goes from point A to point B without getting out of either enclosure. And point A would be the original closure. Point B would be the new enclosure. And the idea is that the spider goes from A to B, whether it be in a catch cup or the spider just wanders over on its own into the new enclosure with no muss. That's probably the perfect rehouse as far as, oh, it just went right from this little container to this big container and I'm done. Those are awesome. And unfortunately, one thing I had to learn is those aren't always, it doesn't always go down like that. And sometimes it's not practical. Sometimes, and this took me a while to not only learn but to be comfortable with sometimes it's safer and easier if the spider makes it out of one enclosure and into the open and here's what I mean by that if I have a smaller enclosure and say I'm rehousing an old world tarantula where I'm going to run into danger is when that spider gets jacked up and my hands are in the way of it where it may want to try to escape and it may run into my hand where my hand may be in the enclosure and it's tight enough that the tarantula decides, hey, there's a big hand coming at me. I need to defend myself. That's where you're going to find yourself in a bad situation. So sometimes it's easier to get the tarantula out of that smaller enclosure where you're going to be in a situation where, the, you know, even I'm picturing some of these smaller ones where there's not enough room in the top. I like to work top down. Again, whatever you're, some people like to work in the front of the cage, like opening, front opening cages. And, but usually when you're working with juveniles or whatnot, you're working with a closure that opens from the top, that mouth of that container can be very small. And if my hand completely blocks that, I don't like that feeling at all. Because that means if this spider does decide, decide the bolt, it might end up on my hand. It might find that my hand is blocking its path of escape and it might attack my hand. So in those situations, and in many situations, I find it easier to get the spider out in the open. And this is why I encourage everybody to invest in a big plastic bin, a good size one. Go to Walmart, get one of the Sterilite ones. They have the big ones that fit under the bed that work great. But a big plastic bin for a second boundary so that if you have to get the spider out in the open, you still have something protecting you and the rest of your home from the spider escaping. So anybody that's watched my videos knows I have a plastic bin that I use. I have a couple of them I use, the smaller ones for the smaller slings, bigger ones for the bigger spiders. And what I will usually do is place paper towels in the corners of those because, again, we want to give the spider place. What will happen is the spider will get out. And in many instances, the spider will be out in the open. It will freeze. And there's your chance to cup it. So a lot of my videos, you'll notice we get the spider out and the spider just kind of scrunches up into the stress pose, which is sad, but it means at least at that point it's not going to bolt. And I drop a cup over top of it and I don't have to reach into a smaller enclosure and put myself at risk trying to get it out. I can drag it out in the open 
cup it and we're good. Now, sometimes you get them out, they feel exposed, they're like the heck with this and they go to bolt. What they will do is they will usually hit the side of the enclosure and start circling. If you're lucky, they hit the corner of one of those plastic bins because again, you got that big plastic bin out there and they will stop. Otherwise, they will usually run around a little bit. They normally don't go out, but always be prepared with the catch cup if they try to go out. Usually, if they're really moving, they have a hard time gripping the surface, so they kind of slip a little bit, so it gives you some time to react to it. But again, that's where having a paper towel, catch cups in the corner, things in the corner that the tarantula can either hide beneath or inside or behind can work great. I've had them literally sprint out and run directly into catch cups before. And then they scrunch up and they're fine. So be prepared, have that extra barrier there and recognize that spider, not necessarily, if a spider doesn't necessarily go from point A to point B directly, that's not a bad thing. And a lot of the good rehousings require that you get them out. Burrowing tarantulas, great, you know, example of this. It can be very difficult when you're digging out a burrowing tarantula. Luckily, the majority of them, when you're coming in at them, they scrunch all up in the bottom. They try to hide. I I don't I can't think of any that I've dug out that have ever become defensive, throw up a threat posture. They usually hide. And then what ends up happening is you get that last bit of dirt. They're still scrunched up, and you can just kind of dump out the last bit of dirt and the spider into the middle of that big rehousing basin, big rehousing plastic tray you're using, and then cup them there. And that's where I find a lot of times having that extra boundary having that plastic container you can dump the dirt into it you can sift through it if you need to sometimes they get all like that dirt gets packed down the spiders are hiding in there they're webbed in there in a web sock it can be a little tricky finding them that gives you some room to work so probably should have added that in my list of tools to have in the beginning but if you're doing it having that plastic boundary is crucial i think i don't do many house rehousings at all without that boundary there it has saved me with slings it saved me with adults it has prevented escapes before and it gives you, it can give you an opportunity if something goes wrong to take a deep breath. And what I mean by that is there's going to be situations, and this is what brought this all about the last video that I had. She didn't go directly into the enclosure. I got her out of the catch cup. And instead of going down around behind the cork bark, like 90% of them do, she went up and then kind of stood on the edge of the enclosure, which wasn't a big deal, really. It gave us, I was pretty excited because we got some good footage of her. She's a beautiful tarantula and I was hoping we'd get some nice pictures of her. But she just basically came out, sat on the edge of the lip. We got some good pictures of her. But had she gone down the side of the enclosure, we would have had that base in there that could have helped us container. And she probably would have ran around that and ended up underneath paper towels, under a catch cup, whatever it may be. But in that situation, what we were able to show is how to not panic, how to recognize that sometimes the spider is going to get out. Sometimes it's not going to go right neatly into the catch cup. Sometimes it's not going to go from point A to point B. But how to react when that happens. What I, I think the most dangerous situation that can happen during a rehousing, the situation that could lead to the biggest potential for a bite, is when the spider starts to go a little crazy, starts to freak out a little bit, and the keeper tries to quickly, like, oh no, it's going to escape, freaks out and tries desperately to cup it quickly. And that's where you're going to run into some big, big issues because what's going to happen is the keeper is scrambling, you're panicked, you're trying to catch the spider, you're going to end up, I've seen situations where they've misjudged where they put the catch cup, the spider's already passed the catch cup, the spider is on their arm, or I actually saw a video years ago where somebody pinned the back leg of the spider, which obviously the spider did not like, could have caused injury to the spider, could have had the spider could have bit the person. 
That's the moment because I think we in our minds have it in our heads that, oh my God, if they get out of this enclosure and not into the catch cup and not into the other enclosure, this is a terrible rehousing. No, that's still a clean rehousing. If they get out a little bit, that gives you more room to work. That's totally fine. So I think this takes some time. And this is one of the things where I think experience really helps because I will tell you, this was something that took me a while to wrap my mind around. Back when I first used to do this, when something didn't go right into the catch cup or into the other container. I was like, oh God, this is a terrible rehousing. Looking back on it, they went fine. But it was just in my mind, the spider wasn't contained. It was out. This is not good. No, sometimes you need that extra room. So for example, in the Ecclesiasticus video, the spider got out. It just kept walking around the rim. It wasn't jumping on anybody. It wasn't going down and, and running circles, laps around anything. It was calmly on the edge of the thing. So I backed Billy up a little bit. I backed up a little bit. We watched for her to calm down. We evaluated the situation, tried to figure out what is the best way to go back at this to get her in the enclosure and took it from there. Now, had she bolted up and I scrambled to try to get a catch cup over, that probably would have ended up with me possibly injuring the spider with the spider on me. It could have jumped. Who knows what would have happened? So when possible allow the spider to get to do its thing if the spider starts the bolt take a step back this is where your spotter comes in handy because god forbid it should get out of your basin that you're doing the rehousing in the spotter can be able to say hey dad hey buddy it's underneath that cup over there it's over here that's where your paper towels come in that's where your catch cups come in take a step back evaluate the situation don't panic that's not and i'll tell you some of the easiest times I've had with the catch cup are when the spider gets out of the actual enclosure. I've had once where they've come out of the enclosure, gone right down the side of the enclosure. So they're sitting on the outside of it. It is so easy to cap capture a spider with a catch cup when it's sitting right on the outside of the enclosure. What's harder is getting it when it's inside where the substrate level may be uneven, where there may be corners that it can get into. Recognize that it's not the end of the world if the spider gets out that you just want to make sure you take a step back. And the reason why you take a step back is A, to get yourself away from the situation so you're not tempted to try to cup it ahead of time. But B, it gives you a better view of what's going on. When you're right on top of things and the spider bolts, how many times have you seen people are like right in there, they're hunched over the container, the spider bolts, and they have no idea where it went. If the spider starts to come out, you take a step back, you can go, oh, it went over here, it went over here, it's under there. So that way you don't have one of those situations where you can't find your spider. It's When it comes down to, I honestly think the best piece of advice I could give, if you take anything away from this video is to recognize this fact. And this would be the most, this, I think for me, this made a huge difference in how calm my rehousings were. When I recognize, hey, if it gets out, it gets out. And when it gets out, I don't mean it's running around your carpet. I don't mean it's going across your kitchen floor. It's behind your refrigerator. I mean, it gets out of the container into hopefully the other container you're working in, or even just on your table. That's not a big deal. That is not a bad rehousing. Bad rehousing is when it's in your refrigerator, it's in your sofa, it's on the ceiling, it's underneath the radiator, it's you don't know where it is. That's where things go wrong. When you're sitting there having to search underneath stuff and try to figure out where it is, I've seen them in computer keyboards, I've seen them underneath inside computers, that's a bad situation. But having the spider get out where you can possibly cup it even easier, not a big deal. So that would be the biggest takeaway I would have of this, or biggest takeaway I'd hope people would get from this podcast. Another thing to consider when doing rehousings to make them a little easier, the limitations or any obstacles that the enclosures may offer. So what I mean by that is, for example, for a while I was using the one-gallon mainstay containers I would get from Walmart. They're crystal clear. I love them for my juvenile arboreals. They look great. 
they were the perfect size for fossorials and for arboreals because they were kind of they didn't offer as much surface area, but they were deeper. The only drawback to them is that the top of the containers themselves were almost rectangular in shape, but the top, the opening to it was round. So what you ended up with is a situation where the tarantulas, when you try to rehouse them, you'd open up that round top, try to get the tarantula out, it would end up in those corners. And that was something I had to start anticipating when I do rehousings. So for example, you'd go to do a rehousing of say, I don't know, a piece of Letharia species, I would have to go to Billy ahead of time. All right, there's a very good chance we're going to try to shoot this one out of here and it's going to end up in that corner. So we had to get a little more creative with, that was one of the few things I think we did finally get pipe cleaners for. You could get them with the brush only to a point, but what would happen is while you're getting the brush in that round opening, your hand was right in the way of the opening as well, which is not safe if the spider should bolt. So we had to be a little, we had to plan ahead of time because the first time I went to do a rehousing for one of these, we did not plan for it and it took forever. It was a bit of a nightmare because it just kept going from one corner to another and I couldn't figure out how to get the spider out of the corner. I think what we eventually ended up doing the first time we used them, I don't know if we recorded this one, is I ended up taking all the substrate and everything out standing the enclosure back up, got the spider to go back down to the bottom and then tried to cup it that way. And it was it was just a nightmare. So afterwards, we started recognizing this was going to be an issue and planning for it ahead of time. Another example of an enclosure that could pose some difficulties. I like using the round, the ones by Gary Plastics. They're cylindrical. They're like, I don't know, eight and a half inches by four and a half inches in diameter or so. They're wonderful, again, for juveniles, but they roll. So the first time we went to do a rehousing with one of those... I took it in, I took the cap off, I pulled some of the stuff out, I laid it on its side to get the spider out and realized the thing just kept rolling all over, which was not working out for me. So in that instance, what we figured out is if you look at the newer video, we found some of the, I think we got them from Cumberland Farms. We took some Cumberland Farms drink holders and I cut a space, I flipped them over on top and cut a space out of it so that I can drop this enclosure in on its side and it'll keep it from spinning. We've also, in the past, I grabbed some of my kids' clay and made little wedges for the side of it so that I could lay this thing down and work safely without it rolling while I got the spiders out. So another thing to consider beforehand when you're doing your prep work, you're planning for it, what limitations, what obstacles might the enclosures have? Also, are there things that the enclosures might allow you to do to make things easier? So for example... If you have something in a 16-ounce deli cup or a 32-ounce deli cup and your new enclosure is large enough that it allows you to just drop that deli cup in, open the top, and let the spider come out on its own, do it. Go for it. I've had people go, oh, no, that's cheating. That's not cheating. The idea is to get the spider in the new home. It's almost the best of both worlds if that works out because the spider is obviously comfortable in that old enclosure even if it's outgrown it. And if you drop it into the new one, what eventually will happen is they'll outgrow that to a point where they'll go, hey, I need to do some exploring and find another place, and they'll move out of the old enclosure. And eventually, you can pull the other one out. Sometimes it takes a little while. I've had people say, oh, you can pull it out immediately. Back in the day, I had a couple of piece of Letheria species that I couldn't get out of the little vial, the shipping vial they put in. So I dropped the shipping vial in. It took them a while to come out. I had another one in a 32-ounce deli cup that I just, we, we, I need, I wanted to get it rehoused. We didn't have a lot of time to do it. So I put it in the new enclosure. It was one of the Sterilite containers and it took a while for it to come out, but they'll eventually come out and just carefully remove it. I would encourage you that if it's webbed up around it a little bit, take a pair of scissors, snip the web around because what'll happen is sometimes they'll web up a lot around the things. And when you go to pull out the enclosure, it rips up the new enclosure a bit. So always try to get rid of that webbing beforehand and just pluck it out. But that's another thing where if you scout it out ahead of time and realize, hey, you know what? I can just drop this thing in there. There's nothing wrong with that at all.
scouting them out ahead of time also can kind of inform what type of catch cup you need. That was when I started using the square catch cups when I was doing a lot of enclosures, realizing that the spider would end up in the corner, the corner was square, and the round catch cup wouldn't work. So you get the square ones in there. So scout it out ahead of time, figure out are there any possible, I always try to run through, I'll look at the enclosure, and granted, you do enough of these, and if I think for a lot of us, we start using a certain type of enclosure and we use it more and more often. So we get used to it. And obviously if you're using it more and more often, you're going to be doing more and more rehousings involving it. You start to recognize these things and you make plans ahead of time. But if you're doing it for the first time, if it's a new type of enclosure you're using, I've had people before send me pictures going, Hey, I found this awesome container I wanted to use. And I just realized now I don't know how I'm going to get the spider out. So then you kind of have to strategize a bit and try to figure out the safest way to do it, that your hands aren't going to be in there. If the spider tries to bolt or gets upset. So very important to scout things out ahead of time, figure out, you know, what limitations you have or what maybe, you know, some things the enclosures offer that'll make the transfer safer or easier. Figure those out ahead of time so you can prepare for them. Now, another valuable piece of information for folks transferring, especially with some of the old world species, as a rule of thumb, if you go to transfer the spider and the spider starts bolting around its enclosure or throwing up threat postures, put the cover back on the enclosure and walk away. There's nothing wrong with that. There's been situations before in the past where Billy and I have gone to rehouse something and the spider has not been up for it. Come back a different time. There's no point. I've seen situations where people go to do rehousings. The spider is obviously flipping out, especially with species that are known for being more calm like I think of Pisolotheria species, that's the majority of times I've done rehousings with them, knock on wood, they've been calm overall. If they haven't scrunched up and tried to hide, they have just kind of scuttled out in their new enclosure and they were easy to cup. But if one of those is to go off, if God forbid, if it's throwing threat postures or if it's doing the circling around like a demon, put the cover back on, walk away, get it another time. You'll, you'll probably find another opportunity where you can find it with the spiders relaxed. But if the spider goes off to a point where... It could possibly putting, be putting you at risk of getting bitten or the likelihood of an escape it rises, then just walk away from it. And sometimes this can be difficult because I know there's been situations before where Billy and I, especially with you know species that you kind of have to dig up a little bit, not necessarily fossorial species, but species that are kind of buried in the back, you upset their home to a point trying to get them out that it can seem it doesn't seem right to leave them in there. So you've pulled everything out. You've excavated their little burrow. You've pulled out the cork bark and everything. But sometimes it's best to just let it relax. The good news is the next time you go in there, all that stuff's out of the way. You just It's a lot easier to cup it. So recognize that if it starts to go wrong and it's still in the enclosure and you're not feeling comfortable, rather than fight through it, nothing wrong with putting the cap on and walking away. Now, obviously when rehousing, there are a lot of other little tricks and things that you can do. One of the, if you watch any of my videos, I use a lot of cardboard contraptions to kind of, I don't use them often like for myself, but I know there's a lot of people out there that have things that they're worried about rehousing and they're like panicked that they're going to escape. And so what I do, like I've had ones that I built a template, a cardboard template that covers up the top of an Exoterra Nano almost perfectly with the catch cup. I cut a hole in the cardboard put the catch cup in that. So basically when you get the spider into from the old enclosure into the catch cup, you put this thing right on top of the exoterra and it blocks off every chance of escape. And then you prod the spider down. That works great. Be creative. If you can find ways, I've seen people make fun of people before. And I put this video up to kind of show how people, Hey, if you have a fast and feisty species that you're worried about rehousing, sometimes knowing, again, we've talked about it's okay if they get out, but knowing there's no possible way for the spider to get out, can make people a lot more confident and calm when doing it, then that's an awesome thing, I think, 
overall, you know, you want people to feel comfortable. So I started doing a couple of it. I did one with, I believe, might have been P. Regalis. I did a cardboard thing that kept the spider from getting out to show people how if you get creative, there are ways to ensure the spider absolutely can't get out. Now, I've had people come on and make fun of it and not get what I'm trying to show. And they're like, oh, I just take mine. And that's great. Whatever works for you. But for some people, having that extra security gives them, again, because we can't get the experience until we actually do the rehousings. And for people that are rehousing their first pokey, there's no way to get that experience except to do it. So having that buffer there, knowing that, hey, worst case scenario, even if this thing starts bolting, it can't escape anywhere because I have this cardboard in the way. That can be give them peace of mind to get the pokey out. And what ends up happening a lot of times is they do this, the pokey moves calmly, deliberately. They get some experience recognizing how what it looks like when it flattens out, what it looks like when it's, you know, kind of covering up and calm, and then they feel a little bit better for the next one. And usually what will end up happening is people use these a few times and they start going, you know what, I can do this without the cardboard. Or maybe they don't, who cares? The object is to get the spider safely from point A to point B, without the spider escaping and without anybody being in harm's way of a bite or even a herring. And speaking of herring, one thing I should probably bring up another tip, wear gloves when doing the New World species, wear long sleeves. I don't always do it. Uh, I know who my kickers are, but a couple recent videos, I've forgotten my gloves. I actually planned on wearing gloves. Wearing gloves when doing New World species is, I, I can't encourage you enough to put them on because when they do kick, you don't want to be later on, you know, for the week scratching, having all the itchiness in your hands, everything. Protect your hands, protect your arms. And then if they kick, make sure that you wash out the catch cups. I've done that before as well when doing rehousings something's kicked. I'm doing a video. I put the thing down. I forget to wash it. Later on, I pick up that catch cup and I hair myself inadvertently. Make sure you wash it out. If you have a piece of cardboard that gets kicked, hairs kicked on it, throw the cardboard away, get a new piece of cardboard. Little tips there. Also recognize that when you're working with new world species and rehousings, that they will sometimes kick their hairs in the enclosures. So if you're digging through substrate and you're using your bare hands, or you're picking stuff up with your bare hands, recognize that again, you can get hairs that way. It's something I forgot to mention earlier on. But the trick of the rehousing again is getting the experience, but it takes time to get the experience. So making sure that you're doing things safely and deliberately and calmly until you can rack up, you should be doing that all along. But being extra careful is not a bad thing. Recognizing off the bat that prep Prep work is incredibly important. Recognizing that the spider getting out of the enclosure is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Starting when you do enough of them, you start to recognize their habits. You start to recognize, I mean, I've had somebody ask me to do a video on how I recognize the body language of what they're doing. And it's kind of hard to do that through a podcast, but you will start to recognize body language. You will start to recognize this is a spider that's about the bolt. This is a spider that's a, a step away from throwing up a threat posture. This is a spider that's, trying desperately to hide. And if I cup it now, it's probably not going to go anywhere. You'll start to recognize that stuff on your own. But until you get all that experience, practicing those good techniques, preparing ahead of time, recognizing that if the spider gets out, it's not the end of the world. Just take a, take a step back. That's probably one of the best tips I can give. If something doesn't go as planned, don't force it. Relax. Let the spider calm down. Take a step back away from the table. Catch your breath. Calm yourself down and come up with a battle plan. Recognize, hey, the spider just got out, but now it's on the side of the enclosure. I can get a larger catch cup, catch that thing right there. It'll be easier. Perfect. Hey, the spider got out. It's underneath that piece of paper towel. Use the catch cup right over top of the... I've had other people like, you know, should you take the paper towel out of the way? 
put if you can put the catch cup right over it. Put the paper towel in the new thing you can put in the new enclosure. You can pull that out later. But being able to think clearly and not have that adrenaline running and not have the nerves going to the point where you do something dangerous and end up with an escaped spider or end up with a bite or a spider on you, that's the most crucial part about it. So hopefully these tips help some people. Hopefully I covered everything. I have a funny feeling. I did take some notes down beforehand, but even as I was going through it, I was thinking of more and more things. It's it, it's kind of an art form. It's something you just get better at as you do it. I've spoken to people that I was talking to years ago. They got in the hobby that were afraid to do the rehousings. And now they're like, oh yeah, I, I did you know three of them the other day right before dinner. It's no problem. You, do, you will start to feel more comfortable with them. So if you're somebody that's listening to this, that's new to the hobby, that still stresses out about them, don't worry. There'll always be a little nervous energy beforehand, I think, because Again, there's, they can be unpredictable. Try to figure out all the possible outcomes. Listen, it could go here. I think it could go here. If worst case scenario, it gets out here. Go through it in your mind. Be prepared for it as much as you can. And then if something goes wrong, just take a step back, reevaluate. Don't panic. Don't try to get, don't you get yourself in a situation where you're trying to wrangle a spider that's already spooked. You're just going to get bit and get the spider out. And each time you do it, again, I've, I've encouraged people before if you record it, it doesn't have to be a YouTube thing, but recording the video, sometimes in the moment, it's one of those things you get jacked up and you can't evaluate what happened. You can't sit there and go, hey, this went well, but I could have done this. If you're able to record, even able to set up a tripod and just get the general gist of it, it's something you can look back at and go, oh, here I could have done this. Here I could have done that. I've evaluated, I used to go through my own rehousing videos and try to figure out spots where I could improve them. Like, all right, well here, the spider, I thought the spider was going to do this, but it did this. I should have seen that coming. Or here I could have done that. Don't be afraid to do that. I'm not saying you have to go and YouTube it. Back in the day, a lot of my videos were just things that I caught from my own personal viewing. But it can provide you with valuable information. It can provide you with valuable experience. It might help make the next rehousing a little easier. So this was supposed to be like a 30-minute one, and we ended up going almost a full hour. So hopefully it didn't bore everybody to tears. And hopefully some people found some, you know, merit in it and found some of this advice useful. Again, for those of you on Facebook, if you have tips and stuff you want to share, feel free. This isn't like a comment. I'm sharing every aspect of the rehousing. I know somebody's going to come on and go, well, but you could do this, you could do that. Absolutely. I'm just sharing some of the things that I found have made my rehousings easier over the years and some things that I try to plan for when I do a rehousing to make sure they go well. So, and if anybody wants to check out the video, again, I'm not one of those people that's like, hey, quickly go out, check out my video, whatever. If you want to do it, you want to do it, fine. Some people just like the podcast, but I do think it was it's it's a good example of a rehousing. I'd like to think it's a good example. I want to pat myself on the back here, but I'd like to think it's a good example of a rehousing that didn't go exactly as planned, that never got out of control. It, the whole time, we're completely in control of the situation. Poor Billy's breathing like <sighs> the whole, I felt terribly because she, for her, she's watched many of these, but I still think it freaks her out when the spider gets out. But we stayed calm. We got the spider back. And eventually she got her 15 minutes of fame. She's a little superstar now. So I think it definitely worth checking out for a situation where, all right, spider didn't go directly in from point A, point B. In fact, it just kept popping out of point B. I did make an error in the middle of it. I tried to get the cap of my catch cup out. And I dropped the cap of the catch cup and it startled the spider. And the spider came out again. It, it resulted in like eight more minutes of us trying to get the spider in. But that's a situation where I even comment in the video, like here's something you go back, you watch and go, I probably we should have just left that in there. So anyway, that'll do it for this one. As always, uh, if you want to check me out on tomsbigspiders.com, I have a website. You can check out Tom's Big Spiders on YouTube and check out this video or whatever else I got. Guys, stay safe and healthy and we'll catch you all next time.